Reconciling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. Those are the ones that are in the body of Christ, that are in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled to God. Now we have a word there that is given to us, a more sure word of prophecy. And in the last book in the word of God is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and signified it by his angel unto John. These things are the things of faith. When we read the book of the Revelation, we find that these things, these things of faith, that we've been earnestly contended for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. The only way to understand the words of the book of this prophecy is with the spirit of prophecy. And that's from Revelation 19.10, that John comes upon a man. And it looks just like Jesus, has the same character of Jesus, looks like Jesus, and he says he's about to bow down and worship him. But the man sees and said, See that thou doest it not. I'm of thy fellow servant, of thy brethren, and have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Then he tells us what the testimony of Jesus is. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That book of this prophecy is where we're led into all truth. It's the revelation and the things of faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's the last book in the Bible, in the Word of God, that has a definite command that if you add any things to the words of the book of this prophecy, the plagues of this book will be added to you. If you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, your name will be blotted out of the holy city and out of the book of life. Now, that's very profound and strict judgment. Though it's not a book to be lightly esteemed, and to go into it reverently, walking softly, making sure that we're hearing from the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. That is all truth, and you're dealing with the heartstrings of God in the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is the Almighty. In Revelation 1.8, all judgment and all the work of the ministry is to reveal one thing, that Jesus Christ is the Almighty God. And that's where we've missed it in Christianity. For most of the Protestant churches believe that Jesus is a part of God. He may be a third of the Godhead. He is a third uh, of the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That he's the second person of the Godhead. But he's not just God. He's not the Father. He's not the Holy Ghost, which the Son of God is. Is God, is the Father. He is the Father manifest. He is the Word made flesh. He is the Holy Ghost. And that's what the revelation of Jesus Christ will secure to the body of believers in faith the more sure word of prophecy that will reveal, unveil the true Jesus, the real Jesus, that he is God and there's not another. Before that time, 
there is a ministry of reconciliation, of restitution, or a restoration of all things, the things of faith. So we will be guided into all truth before the second advent of the Lord. And the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth, not in the sweet by and by. But now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. These things uh, are the revelation of Jesus Christ in the word of God that we must know in order to stand. Therefore, this Elijah ministry in the last days that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 17, they came to Jesus after they had seen Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, Peter, James, and John, and of course, Peter spoke, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three sukkahs, three tabernacles, three booths, one for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. But he was not what he said. And it has ramifications for us in the truth in the last days. Now, we're taking a look at Moses and Elijah in the work of the ministry and what it has to do with Christ. And we find in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11 that all the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That means, means in Moses, all the way from Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, 14 minor prophets to Malachi, all prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That doctrine of Christ, that Christ is God. He is that Spirit. But, it also goes on, and Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11, that the spoke beforehand and testified the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings of Christ, then we know that God can't suffer. God is spirit. He cannot be tempted. Yet Christ will be tempted in all manner like as we are, yet without sin. So Christ, that spirit of God, makes himself of no reputation, takes upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. God manifests in the flesh. Now we have the doctrine of Christ. But we, the body of Christ, have not experienced all that Jesus paid for on the cross because it is his will from the foundation of the world to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. We have that in Ephesians 1. Well, it's the work of the ministry that God will do this work in the last days. All God's ways are judgment. And the judgment of God will be late to the line and righteousness to the plummet. That will reveal Christ in the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. The restoration of all things is the ministry of Elijah. <clears throat> El, E, Yah, Elijah. Elohim is Jehovah. One God message. And only the one God people will be used of God in the last days. No trinity will be there, a binary, and the oneness that believes that man, Jesus, is not God, but had God in him, and is standing at the right hand of God as an anthropos. That God is still in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, rather than Christ now is God, being glorified that Christ suffered, and it behooved him to suffer, and that he should enter into his glory. 
that is God himself, manifest in flesh, in his humiliation became a man to redeem us that were under the law. Then afterward, as a man, then fulfilled that law, took the ordinances of it, nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, making in himself one new man. Now, the new man is that quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Now that spirit's given to us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the mystery of godliness. Godliness is a God life, but he expects us to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and unto a perfect man, to perfection. And that's what he stated in Matthew 5, be therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And he said he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now the work of the ministry in the last days will be this gospel of the kingdom being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. Well, at that time, we enter into all truth, not partial truth. We finally reach the element there and the final growth and glory, that being charity. We add it to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. That's the God life. Then godliness, brotherly kindness, and then to brotherly kindness, charity. The charity will cover a multitude of sins. Charity is not just love. Charity is the love of, of God based in doing his will, yielding our members as servants in obedience under righteousness. Just as Paul stated in Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him of you are the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. The Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. And you're sealed with the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. But that's through the truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the last element, the final glory that we receive in the last days, going from newborn babes to little children, little children to young men, young men to fathers. Fathers is the final growth state in glory, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And the fathers have a characteristic about them that they know him that is from the beginning. We see that in 1 Peter 2, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. That's the word. That's all truth. That's not partial truth. That's not that we'll understand it in the sweet by and by. It is all truth. It is charity. Because when that which is perfect is come, all that which is in part will be done away with. Now we see through a glass darkly. We have knowledge in part. But then, face to face, then that same glory of Jesus, then we will know even as we are known of him. That is all truth. 
That is the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And the restoration will be through the spirit of Elijah. Not Elijah himself, but the spirit of Elijah. Just like John the Baptist, that forerun Jesus' first coming, was in the spirit of Elijah. They asked him point blank, are you Elijah? He said, no, I'm not Elijah. But Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. There's your restoration. A restoration, a restoring in all truth. There, Jesus stated that in Matthew 17, after coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration. And he said, but Elijah has already come, if you will receive it. This they understood, he spoke to them of John the Baptist. But John the Baptist did no mighty miracles that Elijah in the last days will. So the John, in the spirit of Elijah, foreran Jesus' first coming. John, in the spirit of Elijah, will forerun Jesus' second coming. John being the beloved that is the saints of the living God. And he has shown to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. That's fullness of truth. That is all truth and charity being revealed in and through the body of Christ, abounding one toward another. So we find that in 2 Thessalonians 1. Paul talking about the coming of the Lord and the gathering together in the Aeon. He says, your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. We're bound to thank God for you, brethren, and all your tribulation and persecution that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Now he's telling us there in the last days, we're going to suffer. Jesus stated the same. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And some of you will be delivered up to be afflicted and she'll kill you. Sealing your testimony with your own blood. At that time, of course, we know the blood of the saints is the seed of the church. The more that you persecute the church, the greater she will grow. In Elijah, there are some things that we have to see in the ministry of Elijah. If we see that ministry of Elijah, then we'll have that double portion, just as was spoken to Elisha. Now we're going from Gilgal, and we take a look at 2 Kings and the second chapter. And as we see this ministry of Elijah, we want to understand, we've already been to Mount Carmel, that the prophets of the grove and the prophets of Baal have been totally defeated. And at that time, God answers by fire. And that, just as he did in Pentecost, cloven tongues of fire, appeared and set on each one of them. What's the difference in the former rain, the latter rain? Well, the former rain, there was cloven tongues of fire, appeared and set on each one of them. What's the difference in the latter rain? Well, the latter rain is just not going to be cloven tongues of fire. He's going to turn his ministers into a flame of fire and the Holy One over you for a flame. And it will go through the land preaching the gospel of the kingdom to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Not a Trinity doctrine, 
not a gospel of uh, the Trinity Broadcasting Network or any of the others that claim the gospel has already been preached in all the world. It's nonsense. It is Elijah. Elohim is Jehovah, one God message, a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ. And because we've missed the mark and we have not proclaimed this real, true Jesus, God will do a work in judgment. Judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet, for one reason, to reveal Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the servants of God will come into the fullness of faith, into the doctrine of Christ, into the real Jesus. And God will confirm it with signs, miracles, offers, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. They won't follow the signs. The signs will follow the believer. And it's time for it right now. What happens now? As we take a look at 2 Kings, the second chapter, Elisha now has followed uh, Elisha. Elohim is salvation. Following Elijah, Elohim is Jehovah. We find that as he's following him, that he's wanting a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. <clears throat> and as he does, he's going from Gilgal. We see from there, from Gilgal. Then he goes to Bethel. Bethel, Jericho, and Jericho to Jordan. And these are different levels of glory. And any time, that Elisha wanted to turn back, he could. But those, those that follow the Lord Jesus in all things, that are not knocked out by tribulation and work with patience, patience, work with experience, experience, work with hope. When tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake, they are not offended. They are not choked in the word of God because of the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches. They have a made-up mind. They're going to Jesus all the way. They have forsaken, forsaken the world, except a man forsaketh all that he hath. He cannot be my disciple. And those are the sold-out bunch that will be the body of Christ in the last day work of the ministry. They will be totally consecrated to God that they have literally forsook the world and the world has forsaken them. They will go from Gilgal, that Gilgal is that wheel to roll away. Golgotha, Golgol to roll away. Thadilaptav on the cross rolled away the sin, taking away the sin of the world, the Lamb of God. Well, then from there, they go to Bethel. Bethel, first called Luz, and that rod of an almond tree, and Jeremiah's first vision, he sees Bethel, but in its former state in Luz. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a rod of an almond tree. That rod is the stem of Jesse. That is uh, Christ. There, that rod of the stem of Jesse is a reed like unto a rod given to measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. That's Bethel. Then from there, we go to Jericho. Jericho is the new season, not Pentecost, Shavuot. We're going over, over Jericho, its month, its fragrance. It's talking about tabernacles. 
It's a time not of Pentecost, but tabernacleist. When we take the kingdom for the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of, his, of our Lord and of his Christ. The kingdom of God is Christ within you, yes. But all things will be put under the righteous feet. And he must reign until all things are put under his feet. And the church is the last feet generation of Jesus Christ, the Christ generation. And then we come to the final Jordan, the descender of Dan. And then crossing over Jordan, crucifying the flesh with the affections thereof, the Lord judging his people and repenting himself of the evil. When he sees their power's gone, there's none shut up or left. They cross over Jordan. At that time, Elisha, the body of Christ, in a double portion, requiring that double portion, then has followed Elijah all the way through in the revelation of the restoration of all things, the truth that will be revealed in and through the body of Christ. These are the ones that did not faint, but they have reaped. And Elijah said, what will you have? And he said, I want a double portion. I want a double portion of everything you've got. Elijah said, you ask a hard thing. Well, when the hard thing, when Jesus started speaking hard things, the 70 disciples said, this is a hard thing. You say, except you eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood, your flesh and your blood, you have no life. And this was a hard thing. They couldn't receive it. So they left. Jesus looked at the other 12 and said, would you leave also? But Elisha doesn't leave. He stays there. All the way through Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. And now it's time for him to receive that mantle, that anointing that God is going to go do and give to the body of Christ in these last days. A great anointing for the anointing will break the yoke. All the false doctrines that have been propagated for years and years will be torn down. Everything that is man-made and Denominations will be destroyed. God himself will be lifted up. And these will proclaim the real Jesus. And as we have to see before Elisha can have that double portion, they have to see the ministry of Elijah. They have to see him go up. Because Elijah told Elisha, if you see me go up, then you will have what you ask. He must see Elijah. We must see this restoration ministry in the body of Christ. We must see that we must come into all truth. Not partial truth, not just one verse where the pastor says you're saved and you're on the way to heaven. You've been born again and that's all there is to it. No. The Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. And these are obedience unto righteousness, which is the faith. That was once delivered to the saints. The righteousness of God is by faith, not partial faith. All truth, all faith. And that's revealed with and sealed with the Holy Ghost through the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's a spirit of truth. And he will certainly accomplish that wherein it is sent in the word of God, the Holy Ghost, 
revealing it to the body of Christ. Well, Elisha sees a whirlwind, a chariot of fire come down. The chariot of fire is a cherubim of glory. It's a church in its glory. And that fire is the Holy Ghost. Just as it was on the day of Pentecost, a new thing. Well, that was a former rain. Now, here is a new thing that God will do in the last days, these days. And it'll be fire again. For the Lord hath promised that he will not shake only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Anything made man, man-made will be removed so that those things that cannot be shaken may remain the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Those are the ones, seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. This consumption decreed upon the land has surprised the hypocrite. The so-called prophets are mad and are hatred in the house of their God. Only Ephraim is with our God. That double fruit. Why double fruit? Elisha, double portion. Because we see the work of the ministry is going to be not Pentecost again, but tabernacles. The last great reign of his strength, not the former reign, not Pentecost, Shabbat, but the latter reign in Sukkot, tabernacles. And you will not be Pentecostal, you'll be tabernaclist. And you will go forth in the power and strength of Jesus Christ. These are the two witnesses. These are the cherubim of glory. These are the two anointed ones. These are the cherubim, which are the olive trees and the two candlesticks that we read about in Revelation 11. They will work the redemption miracles of Jesus. They will also work in the judgment miracles of Moses. They will also work the kingdom miracles of Elijah and restoration. A time that has never, ever been to the fullness before will be wrought in and through the body of Christ in this last day great move of our Lord Jesus Christ. So radical a change that the new wine will have to be put in new wineskins. Because if you put this new wine in an old wineskin, it will burst because it's such a radical change. And God is making those new wineskins now to those that have an ear to hear. If you see the ministry of Elijah, the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, and he goes up at the restoration, the restoration of all things, then the mantle falls upon Elisha. And he goes to Jordan, and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Smites the, the Jordan River with the mantle, and it opens. And the heavens will be open, just as it was to Jesus in the days of his flesh, in this last great, last reign of the Holy Ghost. We have not entered into it yet, but it's at the door.
at the door so much that God right now is saying, seal his people by his word. He's already sending the angel from these heaven the seal of the living God. Or he's sealing his people now for the work of the ministry. Those that have an ear to hear. Friend, neighbor, don't be left out. The Holy Ghost is bearing witness with you that this is true. Then uh, contact us. Dennis Beard Ministries, we have a uh, uh, ministers here that have sold out for the Word of God. They've sold out for the testimony of Jesus. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or if you have questions, maybe it's a new thing and you said, well, we need to know more about this. Well, send us your questions or contact us if you'd like to become one with us. God's doing it now. We're having thousands of ministers from all over the world contacting that have walked in faith and now going deeper. We thank God for every one of those. You can reach us on the websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. God's doing it now. Oh, for that master's touch and leading us into all truth. And this is the day that he's doing it. It's the last days. It is the end time that God is doing now. So radical a change that those that stay in Pentecost will not recognize the last day reign of the Holy Ghost in the latter reign. It is that radical a change. Well, we love to hear from you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.